As a young teen, Mary became a follower of Jesus after reading Focus on the Family's Brio magazine. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't have that. I'd really like to know what that's about. And so it was, it was an inward decision right there that I made in my room after reading you know, this article in the Brio magazine that I want to have that kind of walk with God that this girl is talking about. For 30 years, we've helped Mary grow in her faith. We've strengthened her marriage, and now we're equipping her to be a good mom to her own kids. Like really Focus on the Family has been, and all the, the different resources and individuals, the voices of Focus on the Family, it's really been a mentor to me, to my family, um, and just it's cool to see the legacy. I'm Jim Daly. Working together, we can save more families like Mary's every month. Please call 800-A-FAMILY or donate at focusonthefamily.com family. Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parenting podcast. So maybe you've experienced this. Um, it's something that happened in our home. You are at the end of the day, you crawl into bed, and then your mind starts to click and whirl. You begin to race through what you did wrong as a parent and all the mistakes that you made. And then you might think, I have to be the worst parent in the world. Uh, honest, it's happened to me, to my wife, to a lot of parents I know. And we're here to help you with that guilt. I'm John Fuller, along with Danny Huerta, head of our parenting department, and Danny um, I mean, you, you're the head of the parenting department at Focus, so you are, I mean, you're the perfect parent. Um, you've never experienced any guilt. What's it like being on a pedestal like that? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm very far from perfect. Uh, we'll, we'll admit that right now, right up front. Right? And I'm smi- <laughs> smiling because people think, oh, you work at Focus, yeah. so your kids must be perfect. Sort of like live my world for a day. You'll you know, that, that question has come up, and, and I'm a therapist as well. So yeah. that's come up. Hey, you're a therapist. You must know the answer to this. Doesn't mean you do it, huh? And uh, really what, what, what happens is we all have that vulnerability of, of guilt, and also we all are in, uh, in our thoughts many times. That's probably the place where I've had the most guilt yeah. is where I haven't been listening to my son or daughter or I don't, just don't have the energy or capacity that day to be present with what's going on in their life. And here I, I counsel families, make time for them. I have an hour for a family, and then my son or daughter uh, is talking to me, and, and, I, and I miss out on what they just said. And either I have to say repeat it, or mm-hmm. I don't even have anything to say because I, I have no clue what they just said. Yeah. And it's that listening place where I have to almost picture a train, a true train, where mine's moving fast. They're moving alongside of mine really fast, and they're asking me to jump into their train. And I have to, in my mind, stop my own train and picture myself leaving my train and going into theirs (laughs) so that I can use imagination and creativity to bring my mind into theirs. And it doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes I I picture my train going opposite direction. I have missed the train so many times, it's not even funny. So what we're going to talk, as I said, about parental guilt. Uh, Jim Daly and I had a conversation with Erin Lynham. Uh, she's the mom of four kids, and as you're going to hear, she discovered a Bible verse that really began to revolutionize how she dealt with parenting stress. She refers to her concept of 936 pennies, every penny representing a week in your child's life from birth to age 18. Erin, how often do you meet other moms who are really dialed into the, the big moments because they they fail during the little ones? I mean, they, they feel guilt. And so it's almost like I'm going to make that birthday party super special because I'm really just blowing it with busyness and everything else. 
Yes. I would say a lot of us moms feel that guilt. I still do. For instance, I last I think it was last week, I had a couple of things planned with the kids. We homeschool, and so I had a couple of things during the days I wanted to do. And mm-hmm. as the week went on, I just felt like I was failing and coming up short, and those things didn't happen. And so at the end of the week, I was like, what do I need to do? Maybe I need to take them to the children's museum. What do I need to do to make <laughs> up those opportunities missed? And that's not the point. You know, the point is going back to our children and saying, you know, I wish I would have spent some more time reading with you this week. You want to sit down and read a book? Like, we don't have to make it up. The whole focus of the pennies is God's grace is all over those pennies already spent. He is already a penny ahead in that first jar. And what matters most is what we do with the penny in our hand right now, what we do today. You also mention in the book uh, Proverbs twelve twenty, which says, "Those who plan peace have joy," and uh, I think we're in that spot. What you're mm-hmm. describing there, the planning yes. for the peace, yes. but you also describe the peace thieves. Mm-hmm. So, d- give us a little more elaboration on those concepts. This has been one of the biggest verses in my motherhood. Those who plan peace have joy, because mothers, parents in general, struggle so much with peace. And I do believe that it's one of Satan's biggest strategies to steal our peace as parents. He wants to uproot our security and cause us ultimately to question, did God really call me to this? And it's all this angst. And so a few years ago, I I was reading God's word and I came across this verse and it struck me, those who plan peace. And it was the first time I thought about peace as not circumstantial. Yes. Or about the situation, but something we are called to, a vocation, a mission. So I started thinking, what does that look like? And for me, I sat down and I began thinking through what is robbing me of my peace in my current season. And I do, I call these my peace thieves. And so I started thinking through them and some at that time were the rush of our mornings because, so we do homeschool selfishly for one reason. I do not like getting all the kids ready and out the door in the morning. (laughs) And so Sunday mornings for church, it can be pretty disastrous. And so I knew that if we could somehow slow down those mornings or go out less during the week, that we'd have more peace in our home. And another one for me, a lot of them deal with technology, how much I'm looking at my phone, how much I look at my phone and then I see my kid looking at me and that creates angst because I have that feeling of guilt or failure. So what specifically is robbing me of my peace? And then my peace plan is what strategies, simple little changes in our day could begin to combat those peace thieves Hmm. and not a to-do list. I know that as a mom, the last thing I need is a to-do list. Another to-do list. Exactly. But what it is is a list that redirects our hearts into more intentional territory and reminds us of the things that we are longing for that we have not been making a priority. So a lot of mine have been sit down and read with the boys and go on family walks together and and sit down and play a board game with my husband. And so it's these simple things that don't happen every day. That's not the point. But when I write this little list and put it above my desk or in my journal, and I see it often, it begins to change my days. And the really neat thing I saw God do after doing this for a few months was my list of peace thieves became shorter. As I began, because I tried to redo it every month, 
to revisit and say, I have a new piece that you've snuck in and just take inventory of my heart. I began to see there is less, less in my life that's stealing my peace. God is showing me what it looks like to chase peace, to pursue peace. And it changed my own heart and it changed the culture in our home. Well, it's great to hear how Erin kind of had a turning point in her parenting. And, you know, in addition to that verse in Proverbs about seeking peace, uh, I'm thinking about 2 Corinthians 13.11, which reminds us that if we live in peace, the God of love and peace will be with you. And, uh, Danny, there are probably some very practical ways parents can seek peace for their families. The first one is pausing together just to interpret what's happening. Uh, How and, often do we do we blow by that one? Uh, pause. Yeah, just pause. Hmm. Listen to each other. And uh, in, in, even in your voice as a parent, it can make a big difference. Just your tone can yes. make a difference in your home as to whether or not something you're talking about is peaceful. So stopping, slowing down the way that you're speaking to your kids, and then asking them questions of kind of interpreting what is happening in their life. Mm-hmm. Hey, tell me. What happened today at school? And they'll share that. And you, you can say, hey, what, so what does that mean? And then you talk about, I think we, we don't talk about the kingdom of God very often in our homes. And the, the way that we perceive through the lens of the kingdom of God can create peacefulness. Mm-hmm. So going to the scriptures on the kingdom of God and what Jesus brought as a message of peace and hope is where we can go as families, utilizing scripture, prayers, another one where you pause and pray together and pray for one another, uh, taking a walk to just breathe and take those deep breaths together. Um, in our home, sometimes my daughter will say, Dad, can you just hold me for a moment? Hmm. And so I just hold her. And she says, that's just so peaceful, Dad. And we talk about uh, how that maybe relates to prayer in our lives, where God can just hold us for a moment. And we're reminded of that, that we, we can find hope that way. Parents can be very creative and it doesn't take long, talk to your kids. What, what feels peaceful mm-hmm. to you? Yeah. And listen to that and, and, and surprise them with those moments. I'd piggyback, and those are all great ideas. I'd piggyback and just add one that has worked for us, and we discovered it way late in the parenting journey, and that is giving space. Mm-hmm. Giving permission to a child to go off to their room and just cool down, or to me, giving permission to myself to mm-hmm. go off and cool down. Because the, the tendency is to pile emotion on top of emotion, and that doesn't bring peace. It brings just the opposite. But if we can all just breathe and do the pause thing that you mentioned mm-hmm. at the beginning here, uh, that really does allow for God to kind of step in and calm the waters. So That's we want to just help you thrive as a parent. That's what Focus on the Family is about. And um, we want to help you seek peace in your home. One of the things that you can do is take our free online parenting assessment Uh, I've taken it. It really is encouraging, a little bit eye-opening to offer a little more objective view of what's working well and how you might need to improve as a parent. We do recommend, of course, Aaron's book, 936 Pennies, Discovering the Joy of Intentional Parenting. It's got some great ideas, and uh, as she addressed today, um, lists of peace thieves and ways to grab those everyday moments. We'll send the book to you for your donation of any amount to Focus on the Family today. And we'll link over to ways for you to donate, get the book, and take that free assessment all in the show notes or call 800-the-letter-A-in-the-word-family. Coming up next time uh, on this podcast, why failure can be a great lesson for your teen. I'm John Fuller, and on behalf of Danny Huerta and the entire team here, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. <music>